Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. Friends, our gospel lesson from this morning comes from the gospel of Mark. We're in the first chapter, and we're going to take a look at verses 14 through 20. Again, this is the gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. It says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Friends, last week we took a look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I mentioned to you that it was a call story of sorts, and that it was Samuel hearing God speaking to him and calling him into service for the Lord. Similarly, this morning we have the call stories of Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Fishermen who were approached by Jesus had entered into a life as Christ's followers by simply heeding the charge to follow me. Before we talk about those four gentlemen, though, I want us to spend a little time thinking about what Jesus was preaching in verse 15. Repent and believe in the gospel. Because this is our calling, every one of us. This is our call to ministry. This is our call to discipleship. This is our call to live a life abundantly for and with Jesus. So we better make sure we know exactly what it means. Now, there are so many layers to this statement, and we often go for the easiest or the simplest or the one that asks the least amount of effort on our part. You ever heard the phrase that I know just enough to be dangerous? Same with this phrase here. We can't be content to know just enough. We need to grasp it totally. Repent and believe the good news. Let me ask you this. What have they done wrong? Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, what have they done wrong? Because you see, that's the problem sometimes with this word repent. We always associate it with doing something wrong, with sinful act. Now, it might mean that, sure, but in this case, it's more like Jesus is calling them to reorient their lives. 
You've been working for one thing, fellas, but now it's time to strive for something else. You've been going in one direction. Now you need to make a turn towards a new destination, a new set of priorities. Jesus is asking them to change completely. And that is a considerably larger transformation than merely stopping one bad habit or behavior. One of my commentaries says this, in the most basic sense of the word for repent, metanoia, is to change one's mind. This can be about something you've done so that now you feel remorse and repent or about something you did not believe before but are now converted to. In our sin-saturated language and focus, this basic reminder is essential. In the life of faith and discipleship, we repent of much more than our sins. We change our minds about things because we learn as we live our faith. We are converted to new ways of being because of the time we spend with God. And we are converted when we follow after our Lord Jesus Christ. What happens next in the Gospel of Mark is a visual narrative that serves as commentary of the fruits of Jesus' first proclamations. Walking along the shore, Jesus sees Simon and Andrew and later John and James and they repent and change their mind about what their future will hold as each of them walks away from their nets in order to heed Jesus' offer to a different kind of fishing vocation. You see, to repent is to change. It's to make a U-turn. It's a 180-degree turn. By immediately getting up and following Jesus, Peter and Andrew and James and John are converted, changing their lives completely. It begins by leaving behind things that they thought gave them meaning and belonging and an openness to lean into something new. None of this means that what they were doing before they became Jesus' disciples was necessarily bad or sinful, and yet here they are, repenting in order to become different. Interestingly enough, they change, but some things stay the same. Familiar yet different. Jesus tells them, hey, you can stay fishermen, but what you're going to catch is changing. Friends, in the call to discipleship, it's as though Jesus integrates our lives into his purposes so that we become our truest selves. Let me say that again. Jesus integrates our lives into his purposes so that we become our truest selves. I know that's what he did for me. He took whatever gifts and skills I may have for communication and listening and counseling and teaching and speaking, and he let me practice those in a different area, but then he called me to serve his purposes, using those same gifts to proclaim the gospel message. And I am more at peace, I am more content, I am more fulfilled as a preacher than I was in my prior vocation, because this is who God meant for me to be. God, as our maker and sustainer, as the author and perfecter of our faith, is the one who not only has the power, but also the authority to do this kind of integration work, so long as we choose to follow him. So my friends, what about you? What do you need to change about your life? 
What nets do you need to drop in order to follow Jesus completely? To answer this question, it would help to kind of know the goal, wouldn't it? I mean, track practice starts in a few weeks, and I'm not going to tell the kids just run and not tell them where to go, right? (laughs) Thankfully, Jesus tells these four fellows and us what they are to change towards. And what they are to change towards is to believe the good news. Now, friends, you and I, sometimes we take this phrase, this call to a new way of living, and maybe sometimes we just turn it into mere intellectual assent to a certain set of ideas or propositions. Head knowledge. Knowing something. Now, certainly there are certain intellectual components to this call to believe, but it was never intended to be just a knowledge thing only. Friends, it's a way of living. It is claiming a new possibility with every fiber of your being. It is putting all your eggs into this one basket. It is betting your life on the truth of the gospel. It's all of that and more. It is the lens through which you look at everything in the world including yourself. And unfortunately, I'm afraid that at times we just dabble with belief for the most part. We skirt around the edges and we nod our heads and we recite the proper creeds. But this placing all of our hopes and dreams in Jesus, this living our lives for Jesus, this letting Jesus into every nook and cranny and all the places where the bad things lurk that we want to hide, this being willing to go into the community to serve the lost, the least, and the last, It may seem distant for many of us. At our best, we are on the way. But friends, that's not good enough. After all, and I've said this before, what's the distance between heaven and hell? Twelve inches, isn't it? Twelve inches between the head and the heart. It makes no difference at all. It makes not one difference to know it all up here if we don't feel it in here. And live it out day by day in our actions. Now, did Peter and Andrew and James and John get all this at first? Well, it seems that they did. There was something passionate about this invitation from Jesus. There was something attractive in an indescribable way. And so it seems like they seized this moment and they followed him immediately. Now, truthfully, we're not told. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes about this event saying, This encounter is a testimony to the absolute, direct, and unaccountable authority of Jesus. There is no need of any preliminaries and no other consequence but obedience to the call. We are not expected to contemplate the disciples, but only Him who calls and His absolute authority. We are expected to contemplate Him who calls and His absolute authority. Authority. And my friends, that's what I pray for each of you. I always hope that is the case when Jesus invites and encourages and reaches out to us, that we too will jump at the chance to follow him, that we will all immediately drop our nets, we will all change our lives, and we will all live like we believe the gospel. But what if we don't? What if instead of leaving our old lives behind, we turn and dive even deeper into what we were doing? 
in how we understand life. And we run from it. I mean, it is always more comfortable to just stay in Egypt, isn't it? So what do we do then? Well, we reread Jonah. What I love about the lectionary readings given to us this morning is that it gives us this gospel message where those called by God immediately follow in obedience. And we're also giving an Old Testament reading from the book of Jonah who doesn't. Jonah clearly hears God calling him. We have no evidence that he was like Samuel last week who didn't know exactly who that voice belonged to. He knew, again clearly, what God wanted him to do and where God wanted him to go. Again, we have no evidence to the contrary. And Jonah does drop everything and he heads in the opposite direction. Does not listen to God. Does not do what God asks. Figures he knows best. So he finds himself on a boat and then he finds himself being thrown off of that boat. Then he finds himself being swallowed by a fish. And then he finds himself face down on a beach surrounded by whatever else that fish had thrown up. Jonah himself, having not eaten for three days, exhausted, hungry, dirty, disobedient, there he lies. Then he hears again from God. What does God tell him? Chapter 3, verse 2. Get up. Get up. God tells Jonah to get up and to do again what God is asking him to do. God did not abandon him. God did not chastise him. God did not point a finger at him and lay a guilt trip on him. God did not go radio silent on him. God kept asking. God kept calling. God kept inviting. Our God, friends, is a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, as many chances as you need to get it right. He never stopped calling Jonah. And he won't stop calling you. God will call you to get up, friend. If you don't feel like you can do it, or don't feel like you're doing it right, or don't feel like you're worthy, he'll call you to get up. And try again. And it will sound different for each of us. One of the things that I've learned in coaching is that some kids respond to a kick in the behind. Other kids respond to a pat on the back. Now, thankfully in track, we have one coach who is a kick in the behind kind of guy. And one who is a positive reinforcement, pat you on the back kind of guy. I'll let you decide which one that I am. <laughs> but his athletes respond differently. The trick is to know the difference. We respond differently. God knows the difference. God knows which one of us need a kick in the behind to get going. God knows which one of us needs a gentle pat on the back to get going. God knows what we need. And he wants all of us to get up 
and follow Jesus? One of my favorite questions they would ask us in seminary when addressing any biblical text, any, any verse, who are we in this story? Or who do you see yourself as in this story? And if we're looking at these two call stories, the one in the New Testament and the Old Testament, most of us want to say, yeah, well, I, I see myself in Peter and Andrew and James and John willing to drop everything, change their lives, follow Jesus, live as if we believe the truth of the gospel with no reservations, with no hiccups, with no doubts, no concerns. And maybe you're right. If we're honest with ourselves, though, we can't help but identify with Jonah. Because I think this is truer to being our story. And it's good to be honest enough with ourselves to admit that. We hear God calling, but we don't want to make the kind of changes or do the kind of things he wants us to do. We're reluctant. We have questions. We have excuses. But friends, one of my commentaries said, the real story of the book of Jonah is to focus on the God who called him. The one who believes in second chances. The one who doesn't give up issuing the invitation, even when the response isn't what was hoped for. He asks again and again. He invites again and again. God doesn't give up on Jonah. He won't give up on you. My study Bible offers us this. In Christ, God calls people to return to walking with God. The creational design of human beings in the first place. Jesus' call to discipleship is God calling humans back to himself as the foundation of true and dignified human existence. This is the rhythm of grace. God does not respond to our wayward rebellion with disgust, throwing his hands up in the air. He pursues us in love. This is who he is. My friends, God is calling you calling you to repent and believe the gospel, to change our lives and reorient them in such a way that every word we speak, every thought we have, every action we take demonstrates that we believe the gospel. So drop your nets, friends. Whatever it is that you are holding on to that prevents you from following with absolute obedience, drop it. And if you find yourselves unable to, Find yourselves on your hands and knees in remorse or shame or guilt. Know this, God won't stop calling you. So get up. Get up. May all of us get up. And when we do, may we repent, believe the gospel, and follow Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.